Welcome back to Dauber Prospects Radio. This would be episode 65, and it's uh, early in the season, and I thought I'd just squeeze in a little quick sort of bonus episode. No guest today, just going to ramble on about a few things. Thought I'd do a, a review of the CHL scoring leaders, so the top four or five from across the CHL, the Q, the O, and the Dub. Uh, I have some thoughts on Shane Wright and his first season with the Kingston Frontenacs. Uh, then I thought I'd do a little bit of a recap on Hughes versus Kako and how their season has started, how they're looking, and uh, it's not going great. Are they busts? And then uh, for all y'all in real, real deep fantasy leagues, I thought I'd do some like 0% Fantrax owned um, really deep prospects who are way, way, way under the radar, but absolutely worth putting on your watch list or maybe even squeezing onto your roster. I own all, all of these guys. So let's uh, let's get right at it. Uh, let's start with the OHL. And leading the O is uh, none other than Quinton Byfield, who's uh, draft eligible for 2020. He's playing with uh, Sudbury. He is pushing hard for consideration for first overall in the upcoming NHL draft in Montreal. Uh, he's got uh, two points per game, 20 points in 10 games, eight goals, 12 assists. He's drawing comparisons to Eric Lindros all over the place. Uh, I really like this guy. I think he's a fantastic player. He's NHL ready uh, next season. He's uh, going to be playing for Canada, uh, Team OHL in the Canada-Russia series. Uh, Look for him to be a a probable for the World Junior roster uh, this this coming Christmas. So that might be a great chance for anyone who's not in Ontario that doesn't have access to OHL games to get their uh, their first real glimpse at Quinton Byfield. He looked pretty dominant for Canada at the Halinka. Uh, he's looked dominant in the OHL this year, and he's legitimate contender for first, for first overall. Uh, the season is still pretty early in the draft year, 10 games in, uh, so it's, it's too soon to announce him as uh, a contender for first overall or first overall or, or anoint Lafreniere first, but uh, this is a player who I'm really excited about and don't think I'll be able to acquire him in a draft this uh, this coming summer, but hopefully. Uh, he's followed up by Arthur Kaliev. Uh, first round, or was it second round pick from uh, last year's draft? Uh, goal scorer for the Hamilton Bulldogs. He's got uh, one point behind Byfield. Uh, 19 points in nine games. So just over uh, uh, two points a game. Uh, 10 goals, nine assists. Uh, he's a sniper. He's a player. Uh, then we got a couple of Maple Leafs cracking this crack in this roster. Um, Nick Robertson with Peter and Semyon Darginchensev, also with the Peets, both with 18 points. Uh, Nick Robertson, younger brother of Jason, uh, he has uh, 11 goals and seven assists for the Peets, and SDA has two goals and 16 assists. Uh, so both players are a little bit on the undersized kind of category. Um, but if you listen to the comments Craig Benton made on on his segment here from the draft, that's not a problem necessarily. Um, I still have a little bit of concern with Dargan Jensev's size. Um, he's really small. He's kind of weak. And I just really don't see that translating um, to a higher level of hockey. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because, you know, he's a dynamic, skilled player. Um but Robertson is is a little bit more formidable. Uh, not a big guy, but uh, not too too frail. Uh, he keeps his head up. He makes a little bit better all around 
plays with the puck. He's a better sniper, as you can see, 11 goals, as opposed to SDA, who's more of a puck distributor. Um, so that's a couple of Peets. The Peets have a really interesting uh, roster this year as well. They've got a number of players who I find fascinating. Um, go ahead and catch a Peets game if, uh, if you have the means. Uh, a couple more players from the O um, at the top of the scoring leaders. Philip Tomasino, Niagara Ice Dogs. I really like this player. Plays with a lot of intensity and compete. Uh, he's a two-point-a-game player. 18 points in nine games. Seven goals, 11 assists. Um, he's just a fun player to watch. A kind of player you'd like to own on your fantasy team. Uh, he gets you a little bit of peripheral stats too because he's pretty aggressive on the forecheck. Uh, and then the final player from the OHL is, uh, is another player I think that's that's very interesting and you might want to put on your fantasy radar, Ilya Solovayev. Solovayev. Wow, sorry about that. Uh, so he's a defenseman and he's playing with Saginaw right now. Uh, he comes from Belarus. He is in his uh, draft plus two season, so he's two years removed from NHL draft. He's got 18 points in 11 games, one goal and 17 assists. Uh, He was picked uh, in the CHL import draft, 53rd overall. Uh, He's a 19-year-old, coming from the Belarus. This is his first season in North America. He's 6'2", 201, so he's got good size. Now, I'm literally just reading this information off Elite Prospects. Uh, I haven't seen him play this season yet for Saginaw, but... I will uh, keep my eyes open for the big Belarusian defenseman uh, in the O, as he's someone who I think might be gaining a little bit of attention. Uh, moving across to the dub. The dub is again dominated at the top of the scoring leaders by overagers. Um, let's see, we've got Connor Zeri, first overall. He's actually draft eligible. He's playing for Cam Loops, 16 points in 10 games. He's a late birthday, so he missed last year's draft, so this would be his third season in the dub. He's a September 25th born player. Um, so that would make him 18 years old already. Uh, he's followed up by um, Bryce Kindrop and Orn Santazo. Uh, they plays for Everett and Guelph, respectively. They both also have 15 points, respectively. Kindrop's uh, an overager. Uh, he's a possible free agent target at the end of the season or throughout the year. Um, he's a right winger, 6'1", 185, so he's got pretty decent size. And Oren is a overage player as well. He's a winger, but he's a little undersized. <clears throat> Excuse me, 5'8", 163. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. Um, then we've got, uh, another Belarusian player making the, uh, the top of the CHL scoring, uh, Alexi Protas plays for Prince Albert. He's a draft pick by the Washington Capitals. Um, he's a center 14 points in nine games, six goals, eight assists. So the big Belarusian last year had 40 points in 61 games. He's a six, five, one ninety. So he's a big guy. And uh, he's looking to put up some pretty significant points this year. And then one more player, another overager out of the dub, uh, James Hamblin from Medicine Hat. He's uh, 14 points so far this season, 11 games, 5 goals, 9 assists. His um, career stats in the dub are 271 games, 205 points. So, uh, of course, as you go on in your career, you get a little bit more offensive. He had 70 points in 64 games 
1718. Last year in 1819, he eclipsed the point a game point with 77 and 67. Uh, and he's a little small too, 5'9", 176. Uh, so those are your players from the dub, mostly overagers. In the OHL, it's all drafted players for the most part. And the Q, the Q is pretty much Ramuski. Uh, one, two, and three is Alexis Lafreniere and his line mates Cedric Parr and Dmitry Zavgorodny. Uh, so they're one, two, three in the league in scoring. So starting at the top, Lafreniere, we all know he's the number one ranked player. He's got 29 points in 20 games. Uh, that's outstanding. Uh, the big winger uh, perhaps draws some uh, Vincent LeCavalier-type comparisons. Um, yeah, I, we've talked about him before. Uh, so his teammates, though, in Ramuski are Cedric Parr, the center on that line. He's a Boston Bruins um, property. He was picked by the Bruins in 2017, late in the sixth round, 173rd overall. He's got good size, six foot three. Uh, 205 pounds, and he is enjoying playing with Lafreniere on this top line in his final season, uh, his fourth season. He's the captain. Uh, he has never had a 20-goal season, and he's got 14 goals in 11 games already this year. So 25 points already. He's about to have a career year, of course. Um, so, you know, like I said in the last episode, when you see players in their final year or at the end of the season have this massive breakout, what's the overall context? Uh, has he been trending in this direction for a long time or has he just been okay and uh, and now he's having a monster season with a, a super talented player like Lafreniere? I tend to think it might be a little bit of the latter. However, the other player on that line, Dmitry Zavgorodny, had a six-point night last night. He's a Calgary Flames draft pick also has uh, 24 points eight goals 16 assists he had three goals and three assists last night not bad uh calgary picked him in 2018 in the seventh round 198th overall a little bit smaller 5'9 174 uh and there's a lot of range in where people see him and where they rank him on calgary's death chart for example uh elite prospects um has him ranked as the 11th overall player on calgary's depth chart um the forecaster magazine which i'm a big fan of has him ranked the third overall prospect in the calgary system and 31st overall prospect in the entire nhl um so significantly higher uh dauber prospects joel henderson has him ranked even lower than elite prospects has him ranked 15th overall um, I'm not sure exactly where I would rank him on the Calgary depth chart. You know, there's some factors that go in there. What's your fantasy upside? What's the long-term projection? What's the likelihood of playing in the NHL? What qualifies as a, as a prospect, you know, for the Flames and, and whatnot. However, I think he would certainly be in my top 10, um, probably closer to the, the five range. Um, that's where I see him. Another player who is interesting Coming out of the queue is Yegor Sokolov. Uh, he plays for Cape Breton. He is in his D plus two season. He's at 24 points in 11 games, eight goals and 16 assists. So tied with um, Zabgarodny. Uh, so this is his third season in the queue. Uh, 143 games played, 118 points are his career totals. He's a big guy, 6'4", 240 pounds, which 
would lead me to believe why he wasn't drafted. Perhaps he's got some uh, conditioning issues. Uh, certainly very talented, though. The right winger, 24 points in 11 games. Um, but he's pretty heavy, despite the fact he's 6'4", 240 is, is still on the heavy side. Uh, that's not going to translate well to pro hockey. Uh, wrapping up the scoring leaders in the queue is Raphael Lavoie from the Halifax Mooseheads. Edmonton Oilers picked him this past summer. He's up to 19 points already in 11 games this year. Uh, pretty impressive. couple of things I don't like about him. Uh, one, he's drafted by Edmonton, and I don't like the way they develop their players. Uh, and two, at the draft, talking to a lot of uh, scouts and, and prospect writers, some of the terms that came up repetitively with in context to Raphael Lavoie were words like compete, consistency, uh, conditioning, or in some cases a lack thereof. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what's happening in the uh, in the junior ranks right now. I focused on those this week because they started earlier and they're a good ten pack into the season already. The OH, uh, sorry, the AHL and a lot of the other leagues are just getting started, and NCAA is only a couple games. Uh, so there's not as much uh, sample size to, to draw on for those leagues. Uh, moving on, speaking of the OHL, sticking with um, the O, one player who will be of interest, and you're going to hear a lot of on this podcast because he's playing in my hometown now, is uh, the latest player to be granted exceptional status in the CHL, and that is Shane Wright. He was picked first overall by the Kingston Frontenacs uh, this last uh, summer, spring in the OHL uh, priority selection. This 15-year-old kid is leading the Kingston Frontenacs in scoring. Now, granted, they're a rebuilding team. They're not a contender. They finished last overall last year. They're probably going to be in that same ballpark this year. Uh, but he's got a point a game so far as a 15-year-old. Four uh, goals, five assists for nine points. He's a plus two on a team that lacks goaltending and doesn't play very good defense and lets in about five goals a game. Uh, he's tied for third overall in the league with rookie scoring, and he is eligible for the 2022 draft. Uh, he's just been lights out good for Kingston. Uh, as a 15-year-old, this is pretty pretty rare to see performance like that in the OHL for uh, a 15-year-old rookie. Um, we should have a drinking game every time I mention that he's 15 years old. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so what I'm concerned about here is that Kingston is not doing a very good job of surrounding him with talent. They loaded up last year with young players. Um, he's been playing on a line with their two top players, Zaid Wisdom and Nick Wong, who are two people you've probably never heard of. Uh, both eligible for the 20 draft. Nick Wong is a late birthday, so he's a he's a late overage for the draft, you could say. Uh, September 17th, he missed it by two days. Um, so these are the, this is what his, his line mates are. They just traded away their top defenseman, Billy Constantino, who went undrafted last year, but early in the year was, uh, I think a B rated player on the, uh, central scouting player to watch list. Um, didn't develop very well in Kingston because they're a terrible team. Uh, they traded him to the Sioux for a fourth and 20, a fourth and 21 and a third and 24. I thought that was a light return. Um, so I thought that, you know, the Kingston had an early uh, import pick and the player that they selected hasn't reported yet, probably won't. So they've had some opportunities to surround Shane Wright with, with good players. They had Billy Constantino. They could have 
you know, they needed to hit a home run at the import draft uh, and, and select a player that, that has star potential. Uh, they would have also had the opportunity to maybe acquire an impact overage player, uh, maybe reacquire Jacob Paquette, former Kingston Frontenac, who's now in uh, Peterborough. Um, so this is going to be a difficult year for Shane Wright. Kingston's going to be pretty bad. Uh, hopefully they can pull some of these things off next season and you know have a good high import pick, a good entry draft pick, and, and select some more players that they can surround Shane Wright with because... He is not going to want to spend his career f- um, floundering in a, in a team that, that's toiling at the bottom of the league. Um, they really need to take advantage of that and, and make make the most of their opportunity with this player. Uh, have him embrace the team. Use him as a recruiting tool uh, to acquire you know players that might not otherwise report to the OHL. But hey, you know I'm draft eligible and I could play on a team with Shane Wright. That's going to help me out a lot. Look at Dmitry Zavgorodny, what he's doing with Lafreniere um, and Cedric Parr. Their value is skyrocketing. Um, so Wright's going also selected to the Team Canada U17 tournament, which will be coming up in a few weeks in Czech Republic this year, I believe. So that's an opportunity for him to get a reprieve and place with. Uh, you know, a high level competition and and a team that's competitive. Uh, hopefully, that keeps him motivated and, and invigorated. So, more on Shane Wright to come as the season goes on, and I get better viewings of him. The next thing I want to talk about was uh, Jack Hughes and Capo Caco and the start to their season. So, all summer long, it was the Hughes versus Caco. Who's going first overall? And these players will be forever linked in their careers. And a lot of people are getting a little bit concerned because they haven't hit the ground running in the NHL. A lot of people were saying Kako would have a better first uh, season in the NHL because he's older, he's or, sorry, he's bigger, he's played pro, he's more physically mature, blah, blah, blah. He's three games in, he's only got one goal. Jack Hughes has played twice as many games and has zero points for a floundering New Jersey Devils. So, uh... What are we doing with these players? If you own them in your fantasy, are you hitting the panic button? Are you getting really concerned? Like, hey, man, I was expecting this guy to be a 60-point player. What's going on? Uh, if it's a one-year pool, you might want to be concerned. But if it is a keeper league, and if you're listening to this broadcast, it probably is, uh, you want to just just chill. Just relax. They're going to be fine. And I have a couple examples uh, of other players who went first overall in their draft and also struggled out of the gate. Uh, going all the way back to Joe Thornton, in his first season, he played 55 games. He only had three goals and four assists for seven points. It was a terrible, terrible season. He struggled mightily. Uh, in his second season, he played a full 81 games. He had 41 points, so he uh, rocketed up to a half a point per game and um, made his played his way into the you know first ballot Hall of Fame kind of kind of player. Uh, also, Vincent Lecavalier. He uh, he struggled a little bit in his first season. He played 82 games and only had 28 points. But then in his second season, he had 80 games, uh, 25 goals, 67 points. So the second season was has the breakout trend here. Steven Stamkos uh, also had a slow start to his career. Uh, his first season, his first eight games, he only had one point. Uh, and it was a secondary assist. He went 0 for his first 7 and got an assist in Game 8 and scored in the following game. Um, but his first 59 games were rough, man. He only had 26 points, which is less than half a point per game. But he figured it out before the season ended. 
And the final 20 games, he had 19 points. So 0.95 points per game. And, you know, both of the, all three of these players went on to have, you know, a Hall of Fame career, 100-point seasons, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so basically, the, the moral of the story is, if you have user Kako, don't worry. They'll be fine. Maybe not so much this year. It's still super-duper early. Uh, remember, Stamkos took eight games to get his first point, uh, and he ended up the season with um, over, oh, close to 40 points. So, uh, you know, hold on to these players for now. All right. And last but not least, the last thing I want to talk about on this podcast is uh, Dynasty Watchlist Gems. So here's three players who are like 1% or 0% Fantrax owned. They're a little bit down the road, uh, probably undrafted and uh, widely, widely, widely available. So if you've got uh, a rebuilding team or if you've got some potential for, you know, a long-term prospect on your roster, maybe you got a guy that you want to drop and you don't know who to add, here's some, here's some advice. Uh, Yegor Zamula is a defenseman who signed as a free agent with the Philadelphia Flyers in 2018. A 19-year-old Russian is good, good size, 6'3", 176. He was invited to the Flyers um, on a tryout and impressed them so much. He signed a contract um, similar to Philip Myers, who is penciled as one of their top prospects right now. So in 1718, he made his debut in North America after the import draft playing with Regina. He split that season with Calgary. He had 18 points in 69 games. Kind of meh. Remember, he's a defenseman. And then last year, 2018-19, he played the full season with Calgary and had 56 points in 61 games. That's when he signed as a free agent with the Flyers. And this year, he's uh, back with in the dub playing with Calgary for what will be his third season in the dub. And he's already got 10 points in seven games, four goals and six assists. So big defenseman, offensive ability, kind of like what I'm seeing from him. The next player is Ottawa Senators prospect, another free agent undrafted signee player, Parker Kelly. Center winger uh, coming out of the dub, six foot, 183, uh, in his four seasons in the WHL, he played 273 games and had 188 points. So he's not a prolific goal scorer, and he's played two games in the AHL this year and has yet to register a point. Uh, he stood out at the Sens rookie and development camps this summer uh, and, and last. He's two-time winner of the uh, rookie camp hardest working player, um, and all the previous recipients of that have gone on to make it to the NHL playing for the Sens. What I like about this guy is he's a really hardworking two-way player. Uh, Opponent players hate to play against him. He's a really aggravating player. He's very aggressive on the forecheck. He scored a nice goal in the uh, preseason. Um, Going in on goal, kind of lost his footing, was tripped up or whatever. He's sliding on his belly. He still gets a shot off and scored. He's got that sort of never-quit mentality or a motor that, that doesn't quit. And I really love those players. And even if they're not the most skilled players in the world, I still think they uh, earn themselves a lot of opportunity based on their work ethic. And the coaches just love players like this. The uh, interview I tweeted out from him about him from the Senators after development camp was the coach saying that he's the kind of player that you need on your team to win. So I like his chances of making the NHL. In a bottom six role as a multi-cat roto league kind of player. 
Uh, and the last player to talk about today would be a player we talked about on the last episode a little bit with Julie. Uh, I'm really glad she brought him up because I've been kind of watch listing and, and holding on and, and, and slow cooking this player on my fantasy team for some time now. And that's Carolina Hurricanes prospect David Cotton. He is in his senior year at Boston College right now. He's 22 years old. Uh, he's got good size. He's 6'2", 201. Carolina picked him uh, kind of late in 2015. Sixth round, 169th overall. And in two games, he's got six points so far this season. Uh, last year, he had uh, 39 games played, 23 goals, 13 assists for 36 points. Uh, he'll be turning pro next year. And last year and this year, there pretty much hasn't been a goal scored by Boston College that he didn't factor in on. Uh, in fact, this year, he's leading Boston College after two games with six points. His line mate, Julius Matila, has six points as well. Um, then it drops off, like, completely. Uh, Logan Hutsko has two points. Then there are six players, including Matt Boldy, that have one point, and no one else on that team has a point. Um, so, yeah, of course, it's two games in, but it just goes to show you that David Cotton is the offensive driver on that team. It's going to be really interesting to see what he wants to do at the end of the season, if he wants to turn pro and jump in with uh, Charlotte or uh, even maybe the, the Canes for a little bit at the end of the season, depending on where each team is in, in the standings and how far Boston College goes and how late their season runs. But he certainly will, you know, it's his final year, so if he doesn't play at the end of the season with either one of those teams, then it's pretty safe to say he's going to exercise his right to become a free agent. So there's a player that uh, I think has got a, maybe a little bit of a shorter wait time than uh, Zamula or Parker Kelly. Those guys are going to take some time cooking in the AHL. Uh, Zamula is 19. Uh, Kelly is 20, I think. Um, I didn't write his age down. Uh, and Cotton's 22, so he's a little bit closer. Anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll try and get another one up uh, pretty soon. I'm going to have Chris Wassel as my guest on a future episode, and we're going to do uh, a mailbag episode. So if you have prospect questions, go ahead and fire them at me on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle here is at DPR underscore show. You can use the hashtag DPR, uh, and I'll find your questions there. Or if you shoot them to the DPR Twitter account. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Farling. And, uh, you know, if you enjoyed the episode, first of all, thank you very much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, send me some feedback on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Give it a five-star button if you so choose. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. Take her easy.